stepping back and stroking two. Bogdanovich thinking about a three. There it is. Yes! See it again. No double team help and Embiid takes it right to the rack. Where do we begin? Oh, man. Um, hey, can I just say it's a good thing you didn't name this podcast uh, Thunder from Down Under? <laughs> it is a good thing. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, it, it has been quite the week in, uh, in Sixers basketball. What's going on, everybody? Austin Krell uh, here with you. Um, Sixers beat writer of the Painted Lines. I have another one of our beat writers. He also doubled as an agent for 97.3 ESPN, Jason Blevins. Jason, it's been a, it's been a minute. How are we? I'm doing great. Doing, uh, doing great. The sun rose in the east this morning, shockingly. Yes. I think there was a lot of people in the Philadelphia area that weren't sure that that would happen, but it did. Yes. You know, the sun rose in the east. I got to tell you, the first two hours of work today for me were absolutely brutal. Just I wanted to do nothing else but curl up in a ball. It was, it was that, it was that bad. Give <laughs> the two more years on the beat, and you'll feel nothing. Yeah. No. It, it, was, it, was, <laughs> it was. It was. It was. It wasn't even like. I was down because I felt like the series was over in game five. Like See, that I didn't. Yeah, I definitely didn't. That, that to me was the knockout punch. But um, I mean, I, first of all, I'm just tired because it's a tiring job. Uh, and second of all, like they had, I felt like by the end, they had fractured every bit of equity they had with their fans um, they didn't trust each other at all, and I thought the last uh, two games of the series were the perfect like example of that. The way Embiid played, um, even though he was still pretty good, um, you know, in 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 Game Seven, um, and I just kind of felt like they really just combusted and lost their identity um, in, in after Game Five. That was the turning point for me. Um, I guess we could start there. The turning point, uh, and I mean, so, you know, the Hawks come in, they punch them in the mouth in game one. And you think, okay, well, they got a lot of open threes. They, that was, it turned out to really just be an, an, an uh, anomalous game because they didn't make that many threes ever again in the series. And yeah. Bogdanovich was never that good again. Um, and, you know, that, 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 you see, you know, you think, okay, they, they take one on the chin there. Um, and then game two, I thought was a concern because they blew a lead. They, they, and they still won the game, but they, they, they did blow a significant lead. Um, and then game three kind of felt like they had it all figured out. I mean, they, they, they had, they had Ben posted up on the Chicago sets on the block and he was going to work on Gallo and he was, you know, he was, he had a really good second half and, and overall they just played a really good game in Atlanta. Um, and game four, they, you know, they, they just they, they they forgot how to close out games. 
they had an it had an 18 point first half lead, and they completely forgot how to close out games. Um, and you could see in that fourth in, in that third and fourth quarter when the Hawks came back, um, the, the 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 Sixers had absolutely no idea how to execute offense. Embiid couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, and they all just kind of got locked up in in that moment. And then it's still tied two two though. And then game five, it was disaster. Um, that you know they blew a twenty six point lead, and that for me was 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 really the the, the knockout punch because when you when you blow not just an 18 point lead 18 point lead i don't think is like that much in the modern nba like if you think about the three point um three point volume the um you know the turnovers the the, the pace way guys play the level of skill set I don't think 18 points is that much. Do you do you agree with that? Uh, no, I don't agree with that. I think an 18 point lead is um, such a cushion that I, I agree with most of what you said about getting your offense. Um, I I think an 18 point lead should be enough. I think a 10 point lead with three minutes left, four minutes left, should be enough. Um, so no, I, I do understand. I agree with you that the game of basketball is a game of runs, but it really has been a game of runs, um, really since the Jordan era ended. Um, so 18 point leads you should hold. Okay. I, I think you should hold them. But I don't think it's that crazy and that much of like a blown opportunity to lose an 18 point lead when you consider the way the game is played today. Well, I think you you built the lead and you lost it, right? So you built that lead, so you should walk in saying we can beat this team because we we did that. We tightened up a few things. The problem is that that other team never thinks they're out of it for the rest of the series. So you, you're not in their head at all. Um, and I think that's a that's a big reason why game two was so good for them and game three because of the massive comeback they did that came just short in game one. I think they had a lot of confidence in their ability to never be out of it. Um, but you gave that back in game four. You gave, you gave the Hawks that belief that they didn't pack it in um, after being down big. So. Yeah, and that was sort of where I was with 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 Game Five. Like, you you gave them a, se- a sense of confidence where they never would have believed that they were out of this out of a game or out of the series, and therefore they would have never taken their foot off the gas. And I, and I thought that was the, the biggest problem. But in um, it, it's it's really just like hard to put into words the way that things fell apart. I mean, they all, they, they had a great first half in, 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 in game five. And then only two guys made shots like down the stretch. And that isn't, that isn't just Ben Simmons. And I mean, I, I know we have to castrate him because of the way he played in the series. It was horrible. And, you know, it, it's just bottom line. It's, it's, it's something that I, I, I'm, I don't know that he can survive an, another offseason. 
here. Um, probably, I, I, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen, but um, I'm, I'm certainly very uncertain. <laughs> but, but you're not renaming the podcast Thunder from Down Under. No, nah, I won't be doing that. I don't. I don't, I, I don't think that he played bad as much as all of the things that we were really concerned about. If you really listen to us from the beginning of the season, even last season, if you really paid attention between uh, to what we're saying, every time we talked about him, it was fantastic player in many, many facets with a couple of weak points that in a half game oriented, a half court oriented playoff series, uh, against a disciplined defense, uh, maybe an Achilles heel, and to me, that's what that's what led to those comebacks is just trip after trip of not coming away with points. Um, the the refs didn't help, you know. The refs really swallowed the whistle from game three on, but um, the reality well, is, call the Atlanta Hawks as well. Sure, but the books the book is out on Ben. The book has been out on Ben and disciplined teams uh, can execute that book in a playoff series. And in the regular season, he's going to be the type of player that will take a team to the playoffs absolutely almost every time. I'll be surprised that Ben Simmons doesn't go to the playoffs uh, the vast majority of his career, uh, regardless of where he is. Um, However, um, because the, the regular season just doesn't – you don't have the amount of time to prep and game plan a, a specialized defense for them. But, you know, the Hawks are not a very good defensive team, but they were able to execute a disciplined defense that rendered a lot of the Sixers' parts um, either one-dimensional or, or took them out of the game entirely. Yeah, you know, I, I disagree with that. Like fullheartedly, um, respectfully, I, I I think for me, like the Hawks missed a, a thousand shots in the series. Um, Trey Young was 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 not, you know, very efficient at times. Um, they had inconsistent play out of their bench. Um, I thought number one, if anything, Nate McMillan out coached Doc pretty pretty significantly, but the Sixers just beat themselves majorly in games four, five, and seven. Um, they, 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 I thought their defensive rotations were better after game one, but here's the bottom line with Ben Simmons. Um, he, he is why rookies, you have to be very delicate and careful with and how you value them and evaluate them because it's very easy to say Tyrese Maxey looked great in game six when there was no scout on him yet. The Hawks didn't have him on the front page of their scouting report. It's very easy to say Ben Simmons is going to be a franchise-altering player when no one has a scout on him his rookie season so he can come out and play his game. After that, after his rookie season, you could make the case his rookie season was his best season. I would say probably last season was his best season. But, uh, you know, uh, the, the, it's not that he – it's it's not that even if he develops those skill sets, and I, I know they just have said that he will be playing in Olympics, Australia. He won't be playing because he's sending off his and uh, working on skills development. That's great, and I uh, you know I hope he does that. I hope it's not just you know Fugazi talk by his people to try to you know spruce him up or the Sixers trying to boost up his trade value. I hope it's real. 
I, I think he's a better player than given credit for. But the bottom line is this. As, as, as motionless as he is publicly – and as much as he tries to be a tough guy, in the, and when, when guys you know bump him and they you know they try to get in his face, he is, I think, as soft mentally as anyone in the league right now. I really do, and I I, I, I don't want to say it. I, it's 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 uncomfortable to say because it's it's harsh. But I think even if the guy could shoot, I don't think he would have any willingness to do so in an environment where. He would have people watching him, and there would be real stakes on the line. I mean, he, he took a flat-out dump on the basketball court. He did, and he was. He, I'll, I'll, I'll say this: he was credit. Um, he, 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 he was better in Game Seven, and he was in a lot of the games throughout the series. He had 13 assists, which was great. Even when he was in the first half, when he was he, he wasn't pushing pace in transition. He was catching the ball, speeding up, and then slowing down. As he went from as he went from left to, left to right, and he wasn't getting out in transition. And he, he did it in the third quarter and was better, but the guys blew layups, so it didn't really even matter. So, but like that dunk was the perfect encapsulation of the entire series, and really the 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 entire tenure that he's had in Philly, where you're constantly left wondering. Like, sure, Embiid has a bad game here or there. Embiid, you know, can't do it all himself. You're just needing more, and you're left needing more out of him. And I thought the way Joel reacted to, the, to that decision to pass out of the dunk and then the comments after the game, that was a sign of, I, I don't know how much I'm going to put my faith into this guy and back him and say, I think he's great and, and, you know, and do it. And Joe has a point. Joe is not wrong in saying this. And at some point, the process, not, not 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 the actual marketing scheme that they underwent in over the, over the three and a half year period. The the guy, Joel Embiid, the process is going to say, you know what? I've had enough of this. I want to go to a team. That- oh, no, Embiid is here. He he will he will dismantle everything around him. Uh, he's connected to the city. Okay. I think you can safely buy a Joel Embiid jersey. Okay. I don't think you need to rename your podcast. Good. Good. Uh, 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 that's good. Um, yeah. But, I mean, how much longer are we going to rot- – are, are, are the Sixers going to rotate through coaches, through iterations of the roster before it's well, – the- the issues are addressed. What have they really done? They've they've changed their coach so far. Yeah. All right. They uh they 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 consolidated assets to acquire Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris. Um, but since since then, a lot of the moves have been around the margins. They haven't they haven't taken the big swing. Um you know, they didn't they didn't push all the chips in the table for James Harden. They didn't push all of the chips into the middle of the table for uh, Kyle Lowry. They, these are things they, they haven't done yet. Um, they still have a lot of bullets to fire um, with this franchise. I think – I don't think we have to worry about Embiid wanting out yet. 
it's I think there are a lot of things they can still do. Um, yeah, I agree. And I, I don't know if you want to speculate about those things later or now. Uh, I think it's still super raw. It's one day after, right? Yeah. One day after it is, you know, all of your worst fears, no matter how many people laid on the railroad tracks on behalf of Ben Simmons a month ago, all of the worst secret fears that made people go overboard in defending him, um, just like Carson Wentz, came true. Those things were true. Turns out that uh, these are problems, and other players and other coaches know it around the league. I've always said, say whatever you want about a player. Their biggest problem is is those other players on the floor guarding them, not whatever fans say on social media. And um, I, I hold to that. And they might hear the chatter on social media. They might hear the criticism on first take on ESPN. It doesn't matter. None of that is a bigger problem than the guy standing in front of you uh, trying to take away what you do well and make you do things you don't do well. Those are the problems. Um, but I don't think you have to worry about Joel Embiid. I just don't. Okay. No, I, I, I don't think you have to yet, but I think at some point he is going to ask himself, are we ready to win? And how much longer can I sit here and, and, and watch seasons go by and me busting it and getting injured and, 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 and whatever for them to not give me enough to work with here. Yeah. And he I, doesn't, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. He's still a basketball novice. He's played the game of basketball for about 10 or 11 years. He's a basketball novice. He doesn't know. He's not LeBron James, who has a very clear idea of what it takes to win a championship in the NBA. He's not Chris Paul, right, who really has a real feel of the elements he needs around him to create a champion. Uh, Joel Embiid is out there working on creating a bag of unguardable moves. Uh, he just needs everybody else to do their job. He needs a competent point guard uh, who can pressure a defense in multiple ways. He needs shooters around that. He needs people to stay in front of their man so that he's not getting in foul trouble by on help defense uh, because there's no resistance on pick and roll penetration. Those are the things that Joel Embiid needs. Um but he trusts his coaches. He believes what they say. I think he believed in Brett Brown very close to the end. I think he believes in Doc Rivers. I think he believes in Daryl Morey. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't know. He's not. A, he's not going to be out there shopping for groceries. He's not going to be out there demanding that they trade Ben Simmons for Jimmy Butler. Well, I don't think the Heat would do that trade anyway. <laughs> uh, I don't think the Heat are very happy with Jimmy Butler right now. Wow. I think the 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 the, the uh, what is it that the bloom is the shine is worn off of that. Yeah, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I, I tell you what, I, I I don't know that he had a, too much of a better season. <laughs> that was too much of a better postseason than Ben Simmons did. I'll tell you that much. Right. Um, I mean, he probably did. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but the point was that Jimmy was not good by any stretch of the imagination. But the, I, I just think the different – I don't know if you read uh, your own column. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of stuff in there, and good for him 
for being able to remain detached enough to be able to do some of the truth telling that's in there that maybe a day to day uh, beat person can't really lay out. Uh, maybe we imply it. Maybe we dance around some of the stuff that he, you know he just kept track of, and, yeah. and it's a great it's a great column. We should put the link up in the in the comments. Um, well, I, I also think like your own just doesn't care what the PR group has to say or and that's that's the point. Yeah, he's, he's able to do that, right? Because, yeah, he's not afraid. Yeah. No. Uh, that's a different story that we won't get into because I want to I want to stay credentialed. <laughs> um, now I, you I, got I, that check mark. They can't touch you anymore. Oh uh, well, can I say? Well <laughs> you know. Um but by the like, way, shout out TPL two two verified uh writers. We uh uh, we made it, right? Yeah, we did something like that, but not until everybody gets going. Not, not None of us eat until all of us eat. Um, Jason and Austin, has there been any proof that Ben is willing to accept his deficits and work on them realistically? No? <laughs> I mean... Well, I'm not giving him credit for his... He took a lead defensively. He did. Okay, but that's that's, that's great for Ben Simmons, but the, the problem was never his defense. The, the, the defense. No, but it, but as a draft prospect, defense was a major question mark. Yes, but so he's used that as a security blanket to say, "I have gotten better." What are you talking about? When in reality, then you haven't gotten be better enough. Like after a certain point, even as someone who tries to remain neutral in all of this, it gets a very annoying and exhausting to play the game of, "Oh, has this guy now passed Ben Simmons too?" Well, hold on. So let's break this question down. Has there been any proof that Bill, Ben is willing to accept his deficits? Yes. Okay. And as evidenced by the fact that he's only taken 20 shots in fourth quarters in uh, the playoffs in his career in second round playoffs, the fact that he took no shots last night, he has accepted his deficits. He has accepted them. He knows he's not good at it. Because okay. he's not jacking up bad shots. He's not even jacking up good shots. But what if the deficit uh, is a selective aggressiveness? Now, the the well, that's good. Uh, now, has he worked on them, right? Has he worked to improve them? Uh, I, I, think would, he has, I think he has worked. But I, I, I think he's too afraid. I think he's too afraid to implement those changes in games. He's a, he, yeah, but he's afraid of the dumb stuff, right? So I think he's afraid of being embarrassed over the dumb stuff. There's a there's a line that uh, okay. Uh, there's a line in your own column that uh, I'm glad somebody other than Kevin O'Connor said it. Uh, Colangelo even discussed ha having Simmons switch his shooting hand from left to right which serves as his dominant hand in every other facet of life. He is a right-handed person shooting the ball with his left hand. Uh, according to, uh, according to your own, but I mean, I'm left-handed when I watch him, I don't see a left-handed player. No, neither do I. Everything he does is right-handed except for shooting. Are you left-handed too? I actually throw left-handed, but I shoot right-handed. Oh, I see. There you go. Yeah. If anybody wants to get into the uh, the mind of Ben Simmons, just watch 
But I would never be afraid watch of Austin throw a baseball and shoot a basketball. You don't want to watch either of those things. He bowls right handed. He signed his NBA contract right handed. Did he? He did. You're right. That was. Come on, man. Come on, man. He finishes at the rim with his right hand. Oh my God! What a what a confounding jarring. He will contort himself to do a reverse right-handed layup rather than just take a normal left-handed layup. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable, but. I think Ben, even without a jump shot, is salvageable with this. With, with this oh game. yeah, no doubt. He's going to have a great career. Like I said, I'll be surprised if. Well, then I meant with I'll this. Be surprised if he's not in the playoffs every every year of his career. I meant I meant with with this franchise though. I think he is salvageable. Wow. I don't. Um, you don't. Nope. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I told Chris. I told Chris before uh, a pregame. I don't know, game two or three or something like that. I was like, he's so gone. He's so gone. Really? He's so traded. Yeah. What what, what gives you that impression? I, I think he is too because I think the series heals. Yeah, because I think he's just a solved player late in the playoffs. And he is the type of player that a dozen teams out there that are desperate to get back into the playoffs and desperate to be relevant again and have – cycled through many, many young uh, uh, players with a ton of talent, but it's never translated into wins. Those teams are absolutely going to salivate over his diminished value right now, right? His perceived value being low. Do I think the Clippers are trading Paul George for Ben Simmons? No, as much as Ty Lue loves him. But do I think, you know, a Chicago uh, Bulls, Zach Levine, a Chicago Bulls now have a ton of leverage, but the Chicago Bulls are desperate to get back into the playoffs. Uh, name another team that's that's just just desperate. The Kings would be desperate to get back. In the playoffs. I would I would I think I would do. I know I would do De'Aaron and Buddy. Uh, did the Aaron Fox just sign a an extension? Yep. He did. So I don't know how you make that money work. But um, would you do? Well, uh, we don't. We don't have to get into those. I there are there are a ton of teams. Or the Orlando uh, Orlando Magic. There are the the uh, there are a ton of teams that just want to take that next level, that that next step. And he is the type of player that can solve a lot of patchwork problems you can get shooters in the g league and get yourself to the nba playoffs and there's just a ton of those teams out there so yeah. you know, he's not valueless i'm i'm seeing you know i'm i'm seeing a lot of this he, he has no value left he does have value for sure um, um philly philly heat philly heat? Says, philly heat says it could be worse so you shouldn't get swept um, I suppose that's right. Yeah, humility. Uh, this guy's killing up my, killing my mansion. I would here. probably. <sighs> yeah, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> it's sort of like it's like it's like I. There's so many different areas that I think they need help with. Um, and, but here's the thing. I think like one guy can solve it because I, there's, I think there's one major problem 
and a bunch of small problems that I think you can fix. Um, but those small problems add up to a major, major crack in your, in, in, in your found and what you have. Yeah. So Philly heat says it could be worse. Uh, at least you didn't get swept. I, I, I would venture to say that Miami heat will be in a much better spot next year is what I would, what I would think. Um, I don't think so. Okay. I know that, you, you you felt that way this year. Well, that and I'm also I'm also just I want to keep them out of my DMs, <laughs> so that's also part of it. Um, but I don't, I don't mind it. I I love the heat. I love the I I I don't care about the Miami Heat, but I love the fire that he brings to your DMs. Very good. All right. Well, um, here's my thing. My By thing the way, is- I politely declined a radio interview from Australia today. Really? Yeah. Why? I just don't want that energy right now. What do you mean the energy? I I just don't want the, I don't know what their perspective is and I don't want to like stomp on their, you know, their national star uh, the day after he gets bounced. I tell you, I, I don't think he's a big hit in Australia. I, I certainly don't think he's like the pride. Of he's no Jonah Bolden is what you're saying. <laughs> oh, my God. But I, I, I think there's something there with Ben Simmons that you can still do here. But I think it involves playing him more off of the ball as a cutter. And I think he has to buy into that. But I don't, uh, here's why I don't agree because I don't think he is the, uh, right. That's the demeanor to do that. He needs a ball in his hands. Well, also I don't think he's got the length or the verticality that you need as the cutter. So yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree as, as, as really talented, uh, a player as he is, he's not super explosive, uh, vertically. No, he's not. Yeah, really fast, um, really fast uh, on the ground. Um, but for his size, he, he uh, he's you know, maybe a little bit better than Tobias Harris as a vertical athlete, which is not saying much because he can't get <laughs> not saying, not saying that much. Say like he needs an uncontested pass to the basket if he's going to dunk on somebody. I mean, it, it, he as soon as John Collins was in his way, forget it. Forget it. It was over. You look at John Collins as a vertical athlete, right? Especially oh, yeah. when you, he can like horse collar a guy and push that guy down and use that for extra leverage to get higher. He gets way up there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but here, here's the thing. Austin, that was a joke. I missed it. I know. <laughs> I'm so, I'm just like, I'm, I'm not going to explain it. I'm, I'm just, I, I'm just bewildered. <laughs> really, um, but the, the whole issue for me is that even when Ben becomes a, a sh- came, became a shell of himself, this the, the, each of the games that 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 from from that point forward and the rest of the series was salvageable, and the reason that they didn't salvage it was because even through all of this and all of the roster reform, they still do not have a shot creator off the dribble that they can trust in a game-to-game basis. Tyrese Maxey was that guy mm-hmm. in game six to an extent. Um, but 
you can't trust your rookie to do that, obviously. I mean, and it's not it's not fair to put him in that spot. Ultimately, the fact that they were clinging by all the skin of their teeth to Seth Curry initiating and making plays out of the pick and roll just to, to keep the lead in game five told you exactly how much of an issue they they they, they had and how poor, how much they lacked that creation and it was as damning as I've ever seen it in in, in, in that moment and so uh, you know the issue for me regardless of Ben Simmons is getting a guy that you can give the ball to who is not afraid of getting a bucket and does not back down to defenses, but actually in the face of defensive rotations and adjustments and this and that, actually heightens his play and welcomes the welcomes the opportunity to get a little bit more creative. Um, so, you know, I think if, if Ben is the ticket to that guy and you have to trade Ben to get to that guy, so be it. Do what you have to do, but you have to have a, they have to have a, a real conversation and a real meeting about what is the opportunity cost of, of of Ben's defense and everything else he does well against you know adding a guy that can really get you go out and, and get you thirty points off the dribble like Zach Levine can. Do, are there the resources available to make up Ben's deficiencies? Because you're not going to make them up. Individually, you don't have anybody to do. I mean, Thibault is Thibault's fine. He's a very, he's an excellent defensive player, but I, I don't know that you can put him in such a high usage role like that. You're gonna have to make it up as a team defense, I think. Yeah, and I think you can. I think one thing you learn in this series here is good offense beats good defense, and um, you. On a night-to-night basis, you sacrifice a lot defensively by losing a Ben Simmons. Um, and that may cost you more wins throughout the regular season. But to your point, you need to have those assassins um, to give yourself a chance to make those final couple of rounds to make a push for, for a championship. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't slam a bunch. I don't, I'm not going to slam the sixth man, seventh man, eighth man, ninth man. No. Or Dwight Howard um, because these games were winnable because I don't think any of it matters if you were trying to win a championship. Like your, your, your weaknesses were going to get exposed at some level. It was going to hurt. It was going to hurt you at some point. And the, the good, good for the Hawks for – giving themselves a chance and exposing it early so that they get to move on to an Eastern Conference final. But Would you, would, would you do DeMar DeRozan? Hell no. Why not? No. I mean, you could easily do Kyle Lowry instead. DeMar's younger. His well, game not as, not, I promise you his game will not age well. I promise you it won't. I promise you that won't age well. But you know, people want to want to get on Doc's back about this whole series, and I thought he had his bad moments. Like they weren't playing Okongwu early and on in the series, and that would have been an opportunity to weaponize Ben as a small ball five instead of putting Dwight in there. 
Dwight, by the way, has butterfingers, and every ball that is either bouncing off of him, he's sliding out of bounds, losing it, or or whatever. He's um, got st- he's got butter covered stomach. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's tough. I think if he ever actually squeezed <laughs> down on the ball, he should be he should be legally. Uh, forbidden to bring a basketball below his shoulders. Yes, it, it is a crime. Um, so, you know, it, that was, I thought at times he didn't leverage that opportunity. I thought last night he just didn't do anything to keep Seth Curry away from Kevin Herter, and Kevin Herter just killed him in that third and fourth quarter. Um, but at the same time, you need Seth Curry shooting. So, like, realistically, what are you going to do? I mean, you could stop switching, but – at some point, at some at some point, they're 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 going to get Trey going downhill, which was a problem. But the, the bottom line with Doc Rivers was this: he knew Ben had deficiencies because he's not an idiot. He didn't anticipate them colossally affecting everything else that he does in his game, right. and it it completely just disabled his team in the half court. Um, and he had, and, and there was nothing he could do because even if he, even if you advance, you're going to bench Ben and kill his confidence. And then he can't, and then he, you have, you have, you, you're going to, you might need him for the next round. You're going to need him for the next round against the Bucks or the Nets. So he's kind of, he, he, he has, he's hamstrung there. Further, you bring in George Hill, who gave you little to nothing season. Dwight was Dwight on a game to game basis. He never knew what you were getting. He had to constantly play a guessing game with this bench unit to figure out who was good on, on any given night, who could actually give them 10 points off the bench any given night. And then if you don't know that, you also don't know which starter you have to mix in with them to, 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 to make, to make, get the most out of the unit. So while the all bench units were painful to watch, you almost think like, well, is it a better idea to, to, to just let the bench units like die? Or do you want to, and, and so that way you can have your, your best five on the floor together to maximize those minutes or do you want to, you know, continue to mix and match and try to play these guessing games? But I just felt like Doc had absolutely no idea by the end because he had no idea what he was getting on any given night. Well, I mean, my take on him, I agree with you on that, on that last statement. My take on him uh, and watch, watching the um, Ty Lue and the Clippers, right, and watch Ty Lue's uh, – he – he spends and having talked to a lot of clutch people for a long time as they were trying to force Ty Lue uh, to be become the Philadelphia coach. I've heard the argument for him and I saw, I saw it play out. So what he does is he's building a bag of weapons. He's ba- building a uh, diverse skill set during a regular season. He's not worried so much about wins and losses. He's building different styles of play, different combos, different lineups. I think Doc is the opposite. I think Doc spends a year building consistency, building very clear uh, expectations and roles in his players. And then he trusts that over the course of a seven-game series, uh, that consistency will win him four games. And over the course of 48 minutes, that consistency will um, win him a game. And he's much different stylistically, tactically, than uh, a Ty Lue, 
who out of nowhere brought DeMarcus Cousins in as a weapon that he hadn't shown very much at all yesterday. So I think they're just really two different styles. And we can we can kill Doc Rivers for uh, his uh, – I think his consistency is his greatest strength and uh, also a weakness for when you have a really versatile team that can beat you in multiple ways. You're sort of the moving target that they can adjust against. What you didn't see is a lot of game-to-game adjustments from him. You did see role players step up, but then the Hawks would take that person away, Yeah. and now you're hoping that someone else stepped up. Yeah. Um, you know, I... Ah, oh, boy. <laughs> just, I had to stop and say that like six times every... We don't have to solve all the problems right now. It's, it's I am the, the day after writer. a game seven. I am, I am the beat writer. I have to solve all the problems. You, not not the day after. You can just sort of decompress. Dale L., who I believe is an Australian individual, um, says we barely, we, we barely get a, a role player or a good bench player for Ben. Disagree. Uh, I don't think you. I, I don't think they will trade him until they get the right deal because they're not going to just give up on the guy for pennies because they know what he can be uh, when he's when he's when he's, when he's good. Um, but just wait for a, a, a. I mean, it could be a Jimmy Butler situation with Minnesota where, you know, it's very clear that or or Harden last year. It's very clear this relationship is coming to an end. Everyone knows it. Everyone's trying to play for leverage. All the offers are crap. And it plays out and it gets into August. It gets into September. It gets into October. Everyone's feeling more and more pressure. And then a team gets off to a bad start. They panic. They have a disgruntled star. They say, all right, we'll give you our disgruntled star for your... uh, fantastic regular season player and we can turn our season around and you only need, you know, two teams to have that feeling to, in order to start a bidding war and drive his value right back up. Remember his value right now is as low as it will be probably until this time next year. So don't trade him now. Well, don't trade him now, but you, you, I would wait until the, me- the till the, the memory of this is not as fresh. Because I, I don't know that for the for just for the out of respect for Joel Embiid, I don't know that you can let him. You can let Ben come in the next season on the roster. Twenty-two teams would love to get make it to the second round of the NBA playoffs. I agree with that. All right, I agree with that. Um, Plenty of those teams have stars, uh, star level talent that are still sitting at home in the playoffs. Okay, start there. Now, your Kyle Lowry sign-and-trade is going to be right there. If you wanted to do it tomorrow, you could do it tomorrow. You could do it this afternoon. Um, you know, I'm kind of thinking that's like the right trade. because Don't like, settle for that. That is your low point. You do why? Not Austin, you, didn't you pass your financial advisor exam? No, I'm not a financial advisor. What uh, is you're that? some sort of finance person? Uh, you're 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 a finance person. You know, you sell high, you buy low. 
everyone is going to try to buy low right now on Ben Simmons. Uh, you can't sell low. It is not a recipe for success long term. Yeah, I, I, I just think like out of, I just think like Embiid's words said it all last night. And the easy counter to that is, Joel, we've been here. We understand. We will have this fixed. You will not walk into the next postseason without this being fixed. And he will – Joel is very respectful, very trusting, very loyal to the organization and the city, and he'll be fine. To a fault. To a fault. Um this 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 city stuck with him. You know, he he always says it. No he owes he owes absolutely nothing to the city. And yet, you cannot understate the fact that he walked onto an NBA floor for the first time after missing two years with foot injuries, and he expected to be booed, and he was cheered. And you can't understate. Have you ever had? Let's say there were fourteen thousand people there that night cheering for you. After Listen, two years, the night that I covered in person, I got booed. <laughs> Everyone's least favorite Twitter personality was in attendance. You don't think I was getting? I, I, Listen, there are people dumping popcorn on me. Left hey, look, right. as long as they, not hopefully not that good popcorn. Hopefully it was that media room popcorn. Oh God! There's two different types of popcorn. <laughs> There's the stuff they sell, and then the stuff they serve. So, uh, how would you, how would you rate Doc? in this series? Oh, I mean, it's just a, it is, I, I put it to you this way. There is a confidence that he had that we can argue whether he should have had, but there's a confidence and ease that he has as a coach that I think steadies players and gives them every opportunity to be steady. Now, uh, some of them didn't take that opportunity to be steady, but I think that is what you've got with him is you've got a steady, steady guy who can go into a gym and diagnose someone's special sauce and help bring it out of them through an 82 game season. Um, he doesn't have elaborate tricks up his sleeve for a seven-game series. Would you trade Ben, uh, George, Thibel, and Maxi with three first-round picks to Portland for Lillard? Hold on. I would absolutely do that in a millisecond. You're saying you're saying Ben Simmons, Thibel, Maxi, three first three first-round picks, and George Hill. How does George Hill come into the mix? Salary. Is, is he signed? Yeah, he has another year on a deal. Okay. I have a feeling George Hill is going to have a really nice year next year. So oh, you think? I, I do. I do think so. I do think so. I think he's a bad fit <laughs> with how this was set up coming in in March. But I have a feeling he's going to have a good year next oh, year. Oh, my God. There's this uh, hilarious tweet. So, yeah, so what I'm awesome. saying is – what I'm saying is George Hill is untouchable. He's the one untouchable piece in this trade. Uh, no, would I do all of that? I think that's a huge – that is an insanely huge gamble, but 
Dame Lillard is a guy that uh, I think you could build a defense around it. And he stresses defenses in ways that are exactly right. His age, it's just a question of does he age well? Um, and I think he probably does age well. Who, Dame? So, yeah. I think he probably yeah, I would. Age well. I would do that trade in a millisecond. It's Damian friggin' Lillard. <laughs> you I mean, that's a, that is an insane overpay on paper. It, what? An insane overpay on paper. Jason, it's Damian Lillard. <laughs> right. Okay. It's, that's all you got to say. It's Damian Lillard. He is perennially an underrated MVP candidate. Yeah, and I think he's a great fit. But that's so, uh, so that is, what happens if it doesn't work. You are completely out of bullets. Your chips are in the middle of the table. It what is, bullets? What bullets do you have anyway? All or nothing. You have. You just named five bullets. I did just name five bullets, but it's to get Damian Lillard. It's not like it's, it's not like you're expending your bullets on a guy like, um, um, she, uh, uh, Tyree, not not Tyrese, uh, Jamal Murray. It's for. It's it's for it's for a guy who's a perennial MVP candidate. <laughs> like, Jamal Murray would be a good fit as well. He would. He would. Um, I don't think you can get Jamal Murray for Ben Simmons. No, I don't think you can either. Um, and I also don't know why that would make sense for. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that would make sense for for, for Denver. There is a I mean, hilarious... he did make an argument for playing Ben Simmons off ball, so maybe there there is a hilarious uh, tweet that I need to show. I think it's just the funniest shit ever. Right. Um, let's see here. Where is it? Rumor alert. Let's all wait around while uh, Austin figures wow. out how to share his screen. Wait. Oh. Oh. This is oh. taking. Oh. This is, this, oh. is, this is painful. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> oh, this is the best thing I've seen all day. Oh my God! Why does this keep happening? Oh, I gotta. I gotta get the privacy. Okay, let's see here. Jason, make conversation with people while I figure this out. <laughs> All right, so let's look at some of these. Uh, let's why stop at that package? Why not throw in more first round? Well, the Steepian rule, Amir. Let's not be ridiculous. I don't know if you know about the uh, Steepian rule, but you know three would be the most uh, you could do. Um, Justin says, "Do we need producer Justin?" Uh, probably, except I don't. I, I mean, I could do it. I don't know what uh, what tweet uh, Austin is talking about. All right, let's see. Uh, Minnesota will be down giving their number one pick. I just don't think the timeline, Teddy. I don't think the timeline works. You want to maximize Joel Embiid's um, prime, so I don't think it's the right time to uh, invest in a. a, a uh, uh, a rookie talent. I think there's, you know, that's starting a clock of two or three years before they mature. Uh, I don't know what my Magic Johnson said. All right, I'll be back in a second. Magic Johnson is uh, Captain Obvious, and uh, it's pretty hilarious how little insight he gives in his tweets. But if you said anything uh, to tank Ben Simmons' value, it's probably because Ben Simmons was 
compared too often. Okay. Here's a tweet that I was cracking up at. Because you can see Doc sitting down, and he's like, which one? He's like, oh, shit, who can hit a three? <laughs> I mean, who among us hasn't been there? <laughs> oh, that's good. That's a good comedy. Oh, man. And that, shout out to Monte Vic. Monte the Kid with a double, it's K-I-D-D. I almost said something else that would have been much more embarrassing. But anyway, that was good. That was good comedy. Um, now, comedy. the best comedy was watching Austin try to share his screen. For three hours. I felt like an old man, but uh, here we are. Um, so here's a good Darryl question. Daryl Morey has a very big off season in front of him. Um his real his first real offseason with the team. And I gotta say, like I I do think to a degree, like um last season's offseason, like 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 they got the most they could possibly do out of that offseason last offseason because they got a, a, a really nice draft asset in um in you know uh, Tyrese Maxey. They got some young raw guys and Isaiah Joe and 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 uh, Paul Reed, but they got off of the of the of Josh Richardson, who was a bum, for and Horford, for being frank, um, and Horford, and you added two guys who contributed way above what anyone thought they would do um, for for this team, and that's that that really that's why they were a one seed. The, 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 those acquisitions were what made them a one seed, um, and so and that was Joel Embiid, of course, but they have to have a conversation now about number one there as a as group, their level of belief in what Ben Simmons can be, whether it's here or elsewhere. I think all equity he has with this team, with this fan base is so shot that even if even, you know, three or four months from now, when, when, when this is more of just a scar instead of just a raw wound, He'll be welcome back with booze. It'll it'll be booze central, and 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 he'll be he'll have to uh, play really well and get off to a hot start to really earn back some of the 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 adoration that he that he had for some people. So I, I think that's a losing battle, but it's a battle that you could ponder nonetheless because he's Ben Simmons and he's he is is a high potential guy. Even though it's been five years, he's he's still twenty four. There's potential there. Um, Yep. But the off the off season really for me is we have to identify shot creators and guys that can really open up the middle of the floor with dribble penetration and get open looks because we find ourselves every time we comment on this team and every time we break down this team to why they lose games it comes down to two things very broadly they get outscored by their opponents. No shit. That's how basketball is. <laughs> that's, how, that's, how, that's how basketball. That's a magic, uh, magic Johnson wow. level I'm comment. I'm ready for ready for my coaching debut. But when you investigate why that is, the very bare bones of that is that the player on another team is able to penetrate the interior and create looks for guys because of his gravity as a playmaker, as a passer, as a shooter. And when they lose those games, when they don't outscore their opponents, it's because 
offense is simply too hard to come by because they lack that guy. And so the Hawks are not a great defense. They finished, I think, 21st or 18th in the league in defense, despite, you know, a, a, a hell of a comeback after they fired um, Lloyd Pierce. And the Sixers simply had way too hard of a time manufacturing points against the Hawks. Now, part of that is they're playing four on five with, the, with, with what should have been their best play, with their second best player on the court because he was a shell of himself. But other part of it is they just don't have, they just didn't have any shot creators and it didn't really hurt them all season until, until then. And they were a lot, they were thinking and hoping that Ben Simmons could figure this out. Uh, and, and, you know, at, at some point, but he left them out to dry so bad because of, of the way his game fell off that they were sort of left there thinking like, well, well what do we do here? <laughs> what can, what can we do? Okay. So besides Kyle Lowry and Zach Levine, who I think we touched on um, and Dame Lillard, who you would, um, I think you would, you take the Liberty bell and put it on a truck and send it West for, um, who is the player on a team that does those things you just lined out, um, but would be available either in free agency or via trade? Because that, that's the skill everybody wants. Right. That's the skill everybody wants. So who is that person? Malcolm Brogdon. Okay. It's not Kemba because Kemba's uh, no. Kemba's a disaster. Remember, remember when Howard Askin said he'd trade Ben for Kemba? No, I don't pay attention. (laughs) 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 No, I don't know anything. I mean, Howard doesn't take Howard seriously. No. Um. I mean, the Thunder wouldn't do SGA, but that would be that, that that would be a good one. Um. CJ McCollum, who I think is becoming a more likely candidate to, 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 to be the guy. Um, How does he play in games where Dame is out and it's just CJ? How does he play? I don't have to look, but I do know that he carried them to win game seven in Denver a couple of years ago when they were uh, when, when, when Denver, you know, when it was uh, two versus seven or whatever it was, or three versus six in the second round. Yeah. So, I mean, CJ is in that conversation for that type of player. Would you do D'Angelo Russell? Because I wouldn't. No. Takes terrible shots. I think he's horrible. I think he's terrible a horrible player. I, I don't know how many years I can say not a good player, an impressive player, but a bad player. And there's a lot of impressive players who are bad for, for a team. And he's like the poster child of that. Yeah. So, I wouldn't do that. Um I, I don't know that there's a, a right answer here, but but there, I'm not I'm not trading Ben Simmons for Andrew Wiggins. I, I just can't do that. Would you do that? I wouldn't do that. No, no, uh, definitely not. Colin Sexton, definitely not. Really? Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, uh, don't believe in it. Not a believer. Why is that? I just think he falls into default hero ball mode and he's not 
truly at that elite level. He, in his mind, he is, which is important, and yet also, he's not. And that is like, all that is just as bad as the other way where you don't have the confidence, but you have all the talent. Yeah, um, like thinking it's thinking it's Colin Sexton time. When it's not, is a problem. <laughs> I mean, just look at the, how many games has he won in his career. Oh, my God. I mean. Now, I, the whole point of the point guard position, right? It's a very specific thing in, in sports. It's, 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 it's Chris, Ball pressure, Chris Ball would be so perfect, but the problem is Doc in that relationship. Yeah. So the – the the point of the the job of a point guard is to pressure a defense to its breaking point and when it breaks get the ball to the person who has the best shot right and ben believes in the last part of that but he can't do the first part of it where where chris paul can get into a defense's teeth and make you pay no matter what you decide to do and those are the elite point guards. Those are the Hall of Fame level point guards. Um, so Colin Sexton is looking for his shot, and that is a part of it. But uh, I don't think he's got the, you know, the the second, the secondary, tertiary part of of how you um, how you really play the point guard position. Can he take over games at times? Yeah, but my guess is they win like 30 games a year with Colin Sexton uh, in Cleveland right now. Is that is that about right? Sounds about right. I would, I would say so. I mean, part of it is like Darius Garland has also taken some of that load too. But um, Yeah, but it can't just be the your turn, my turn thing. It has to be a point guard really should just initiate everything, make the defense pay for whatever they decide to do against you, and that's the job. That's the job. Yeah. Want you make a decision, make you pay for that decision. I I agree with that. Um, I mean, all all season long, like we 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 ask ourselves, like like is is like, can Embiid and Ben play together? Embiid or Ben doesn't make it easier for Joel in that with the spacing stuff, but at the same time, when you're wondering why. Or, 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 or what had to happen to let Embiid put up statistical MVP numbers? It, it it comes down to someone had to forfeit shots and someone had to be unselfish. And even if Ben Simmons is so unselfish with his pat with his passing that he's actually selfish and that he's afraid to score and make himself look bad, he still puts feeding Embiid at, at the front. Of, of, of his mind. And also, when that isn't working, what are your other ways of beating a team and making them pay for the decision to sell out to take away Joel Embiid? So that's the job. That is his job. That is his professional job. Ben Simmons' job is to do that. That's his job. Yep. It is. Um, so I'm glad that – well, Woj is on TV right now. I'm talking about Ben. 
See, I mean, it's 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 already going, right? So it's already working because somebody right now is trying to swoop in at absolute low value. Rich Paul is pissed off. Clutch is trying to get the the stink of this off at, as soon as possible. Uh, Ujiri is trying to flip him for Kyle Lowry as quickly as he possibly can. Um, you know, the sharks are in the water. Don't, I wouldn't do anything if I was Daryl Morey right now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, this in, this incoherent podcast has come to an end, I think. <laughs> can we just can we just finally put to bed before we put the podcast to bed? Did you utilize his mid-range game? He has no mid-range game. That is a thing that does not exist in this world, on this plane of existence. I don't even know anymore. I do I, know. I, I, I do I, know it doesn't, I, exist. It doesn't I, I don't, exist. I don't think he has great touch, but I mean, I, at the same time, like you've seen him make pull-up mid-range jumpers. Just because you've seen someone make them, Look at the numbers over over any sample size. It doesn't exist. Yeah. I see guys at the YMCA make bad shots all the time. Shots that that, that are prayers. Um, he, the guy shoots like twenty eight percent in that in that zone. At best, might be worse, but it's even more than that because he doesn't attempt enough of them. So. Yeah. He doesn't take bad shots, but he do- also doesn't take good shots. But at the like, he just won't even challenge himself to do it. He he won't, and um, he does all the pregame stuff that he does, and even then, you're left like, okay, but try doing that in a game. Like like like, what is the point? Um, and so. I, I, I think it's sort of like in a lot of ways the way that I feel right now where I'm like speechless and lost is kind of the whole point in all of this because so much went wrong and they fell so dramatically short of their expectations and yet this problem isn't as gargantuan as you might think it is, if that makes sense. Yeah. Don't be a prisoner of the moment. It's uh, there's a way out of here. There's plenty of, plenty of shots to fire. Daryl Morey. Did so, a lot of stuff. He just didn't sell out for this, <clears throat> this season. I mean, we we're there with him at the trade deadline and it was very clear that he just didn't sell out for this season. His his job in many ways is just beginning. His job is not making the trades, but making the right moves and the right decisions. Sometimes his job is to not do anything at all. Mm-hmm. Yep. So will Ben start next season as a sixer? I mean, I think it's like a 30% chance that he starts the season as a sixer. What is the best package? He finish, what's the percentage that he finishes? He's a sixer at the trade deadline next year. I would 
zero point zero. I don't even know. Like, I feel like if he makes it to the beginning of next season, I feel like there's a there's at least somewhat of a chance he's here at the end of next season. No chance. Interesting. Yeah, zero chance. So, like, even with Doc's purported like off season plan for him, I I I part of me thinks thinks it's positioning for 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 this summer and like the trade value. But I also think some of it is like he legitimately wants another chance with them. Everyone right now for trade value should be taking full responsibility. Uh, they should use every available excuse. Um, Doc should be laying on the railroad tracks for him. Uh, but don't believe any of it. None of it's authentic. What you just saw, you saw, uh, you know, Consistently in the playoffs, it is what it is. Everyone knows it. Okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with you, and I think the the this isn't just one occurrence. This is years of evidence that culminated in an incredible disappointment. That, in a lot of ways, I think the fans and the media sort of. maybe glossed over the possibility of it, but his failure to get better as an offensive player over the last five years, the inevitable reality was that it was going to cost them a playoff series that they should have won in a season where they had a very good chance of winning a title. And this was that moment. And this so now, was, yeah, and this was as wide as it got. Their 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 path to the finals was as wide as it got. And it won't. I I don't know that I think it'll ever be wider in this era. That doesn't mean they won't get there, but it yeah. certainly won't be as easy as it was this season. Uh, yeah, that's probably right. The you know the Nets are tricky because they're all injury prone and they're all. Getting older, yeah. Uh, the Bucks are sort of what the Bucks are. And I, like, I like the Sixers, but better. They would drive me nuts to have to cover that team. Um, so who's the team in the East that's really rising up? But I think you can really argue that the West will be a lot better next year. Would you be more surprised if the Hawks missed the playoffs next year, or were a top three seed? Oh gosh! I stumped them. <laughs> no, that's tough. One. That's a After really all good these one. years. I finally stumped. That's them. a really good one. I think I'd probably be more surprised that if they were a top three seed. Okay, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, before we go, who is the worst player you trade Ben for? Kyle Lowry. What do you think he gets traded for? What's your what, what's your gut? Uh, he gets packaged with uh, sweeteners for Zach Levine. That's kind of where I am too. I think it's either going to be that or Dame, or not? No, 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 no. 
I don't think it's your Dame. Because I think I think the only way is if Dame ends up wanting out, then that becomes a conversation. But I think it's that or CJ McCollum. It's it's a shame that the Sixers do have a connection to that Blazers team and Seth Curry, but also Seth is so introverted that it's like he is not really this out this this, this loud outgoing personality that you can really rely on, rely on him to recruit the guy. You know, to be like you should ask for a trade to come here. So. That's where um, that's where I am. Anyways, he is Jason Blevins. My male Hawks in the Northeast killers, all disrespectful. I think the Hawks are a very good team. I actually, when I was when I was on ninety seven five the fanatic a couple weekends ago with Rob Motti, he asked me if I thought the Sixers could lose a series. I said absolutely they could, and he was shocked by it. He was so shocked by it that I thought I had to walk it back. I thought I, thought, I thought it sounded ridiculous. So I ended up being right, and yeah, I, I mean, Trey Young has always been a problem for them. Well, not only that, but their wings—the wings were as much of a problem as anything. The like Gallinari was a massive, massive killer, and this one, um, John Collins was a killer. But the, the, that Hawks team, I, I think, is a very good team. Very, yeah, good team. I, I, I was very impressed, and I, really was. I think it speaks. Vo- I, I don't, I don't know. I think it speaks volumes that either number one, Nick McMillan is a criminally underrated coach. Or Lloyd Pierce was a horrible coach. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I I think that they needed a shot in the arm. They needed a different voice. I think it helped. And uh, I think Lloyd Pierce was probably preaching defense, defense, defense um, to a lot of guys that just love playing basketball. And uh, McMillan probably just came in. And uh, said, you know what, guys, go get your shots, and we'll just outscore everybody. And uh, everybody started having fun again. So, you know, I wouldn't put either one of them in the doghouse or the Hall of Fame. Right now, per per sports betting dot ag, Ben Simmons next team. These are the orders of favorites: the Blazers, the Wizards, the Spurs. The Jazz, yeah. The Bradley Beal stuff is no chance. You, 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 you've interacted with people in that organization. That's I have, I mean. and I do not get the vibe that they are interested in that they are interested in um, in getting rid of Bradley Beal, especially after they got to the playoffs. Uh, I, I don't think he wants out either. Um, I think in a lot of ways he's very similar to Dame Lillard, um, but. Would you do Westbrook for Ben? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, would it be that hall? I mean, I mean, you might, you, your stars of, might literally fist fight in practice every day. It might make them all better. It might. I, there's no way I would do that. The, the the chances of it going wrong are are five to one greater than it going well, and yeah. I get the the his mindset that killer instinct is great, but wow, yeah, it could go uh, wrong so many different ways. It could, and then you just repackage Russell and get him somewhere else. I mean, it, it's basically what you would do. You, you you know you're selling him for less than you. Do you think Westbrook has more trade value than Ben or 
No. My guess is no. No. Which is so crazy because as bad as Ben was to think he has more trade value than a guy who was basically averaging a triple-double um, in the second half of the season just sort of tells you how weird the Ben situation is. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Um, Jason, no. you can find – go ahead. Uh, one one comment asked about Kyrie, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving, and uh, nah. not a huge fan, but I do think that would be a player that would actually fit with Joel Embiid. I don't think the Nets would do that. Mm, not sure. Like- I could talk to my I could talk myself into it if I was the Nets. Yeah, but does he fit? Does he fit Joel's timeline? Yeah. I think so. What is he, 29? Yeah, I mean, you're basically restricting your competitive window to like two or three more years. Uh, yeah. I wonder if Joel sneaky, sneakily has a Dirk Nowitzki lifespan. I'm starting to just see Patrick Ewing and Dirk Nowitzki in him. And both of those guys played late into their 30s. Yeah, I got to tell you. We all thought he's going to be done by 31. Yeah. You know, I got to tell you, everyone's like, well, he only has two or three years left. I'm like, based on what evidence? He hasn't, like, he's missed games every season, but he's generally been a guy that hasn't been, hasn't needed to miss an entire season with things since he came into the league. And he's no longer relying on physical dominance. And I think that's the thing that people miss. It's people that rely on a physical advantage, either uh, height, speed, power, quickness. Those are the people that tend to have big drop-offs, like a Kemba Walker. Um, He's not. That's not how he's getting by in the league. He's layering on moves that are virtually unguardable, um, at his size and those, those moves will age really well. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Jason, do you cover the Sixers anymore? I'm not even sure. If you did what are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen like anything written in months. I'd say. No, that's not fair at all. I wrote, I wrote multiple things right at the beginning of the series, uh, diagnosing exactly what they had to do, uh, with Trey young. And um, they didn't do it. Did you post them? Yes. I didn't see any of these links. Uh, no, I definitely did. Yeah. I'll have to do some research here. Anyway, he is Jason Blevins of the Painted Lines and 97.3 ESPN. I am your very tired, uh, very lost, shower beer consuming um, Sixers beat writer for the Painted Lines, Austin Krell. You can find him on Twitter at jblevinsnba. Find me on Twitter at NBA Krell. Any comments, questions, tips, concerns, therapist sessions needed, we are always here. Um, as always, have a good week, everybody. We will see you at some point in the near future for a new episode of the Feed to Embiid. Thank you for a great year to all our listeners and viewers and interacting with us and, and, and hitting us up. We will, this is just the beginning and um, a lot is yet to come. And I don't think it's the best yet to come.
I think it's I I think that the, the we still have a long way to go and the best is ahead. So as always, everybody, thank you. And AK out. <laughs> is that a signature thing? <laughs>